0: And girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stage Miguel. It's your Uncle Silk,
1: All America 35.
0: And back and barely alive, it's Dan. Welcome back to Vegas, baby.
1: What's up, Dan? What's up? What's up? Great to have you with us, Dan.
2: Boys, Vegas almost got me this time. Almost got me.
1: Almost. I, I, I violated you, my,
2: cardinal, my cardinal principle of never being in Vegas longer than three days. Being there for yeah. five days is, is too much
0: too
1: months, much bro no i only only ever been to vegas one time and it was for like a day and a half
0: like I, that, that's hell you mean you can't just be hanging out in hell for five days bro i mean three days is, is tops. it's tops time to get out of there yeah more. you've, you've seen, you've seen too much yeah bro it's only get, the decisions only get worse from after three days bro now it can get better
2: it takes you it takes you a couple days just to kind of get acclimated and feel comfortable and then after a couple days you start searching for 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 vices and it's just it, it goes downhill <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, so, yeah. so i don't plan on being back anytime soon those of you that go all the time i'm more proud to you but uh but you won't be seeing dan for a while
0: uh, yes man. a lot of energy to do vegas man but we're in week four folks three and oh we're gonna break down we did the kentucky uh post-game show early in the week, so we decided to do the Tennessee Separate for people's uh, extra show of content. So we got some Tennessee guys coming on to hang out with us.
2: And really I want after- to clear something up before we get, we get uh, Chad on, is that I, I think there was some confusion about what we were saying about David Reese. I don't think any of us were saying that David Reese didn't have a, a good game on, on Saturday. We were just more speculating about what to do in in coverage and coverage in passing situations against you know more prolific quarter- or uh, quarterbacks, you know I don't Correct. I don't want anybody to think that we didn't think that David Reese didn't have a great game. Obviously, he was SEC yeah. Defensive Player yeah. of the Year. It's- We're just speculating. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, like it's just it's just it's a football. It's always a conversation, You're, you know. Like nobody bashing them, but we have productive. Uh, constructive criticism, you know what I'm saying? But just a conversation, him on passing downs, that, that I can see that he's a liability on passing downs. Uh, like, if, if an NFL scout uh, breaks down his family, they're going to say he's a liability on, on passing downs. That's all we're saying. Like, it's not, nobody's saying he's got a, a terrible game. He's a leader of the defense. He's important to the defense, but he's a liability on passing downs. Yeah, he, he's
1: a, uh, man, we really know how we feel about him. I mean, and- Y'all even think <laughs> how we're talking about our team. Like, hey, come on, bro. Ain't
0: no player out there perfect, bro. Like, <laughs> like all these yeah. players got, got flaws. We hey, shouldn't get... even
1: be discussing this right now because who even think, like, come on, tighten up, you
0: Like, nothing negative, man. Like, David Reese, the captain, he's a, he's a lead on the team. Been holding it down since he got the University of Florida. We love him. But, I mean, we talk about everybody game. We talked about Marco game. We're going to talk about Tony game. Uh, him chant Like, everybody game at some point. It comes with this business, yep. bro criticism is critiquing it's just not bashing it's just conversation absolutely all right we got to get it we had to get that
2: out at the beginning of the show so uh we're going to get on chad withrow from uh midday 180 uh he's up in uh up in nashville so we're going to get him on talk a little with tennessee football uh with him and then we're going to break down the game afterwards
0: let's hang out baby
1: hang out hang out
3: You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale.
2: In this segment of Stadium and Gale, is sponsored by our friends at South Georgia Pecan Company, uh, whether you want to call them pecans, pecans, whatever you want to call them, uh, it's called South Georgia Pecan Company over there in Valdosta. Uh, it's almost the holiday, so give them a call for any anything that you need uh, for the holidays, anything that you need to do for fundraising, personal gifts, uh, munchies, hurricane snacks, whatever you might need. Give them a call at 800-732-2646. Again, uh, uh Pecans, almonds, granolas, cashews, pistachios, whatever you want. Uh, and they have a new code for you guys to get 10% off of your order. That's going to be coupon code SGP10OFF. So, again, SGP10OFF at georgiapecan.com. So, joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale, this is Chad Withrow from midday 180 and 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. Chad, how are you?
4: Doing well, guys. Appreciate you having me on.
2: Absolutely, man. You are a, uh, a highly requested guest, so we appreciate you making some time this evening for us. Uh, Chad, talk to us a little bit about uh, Tennessee. Obviously, you're you're close and you've been following on uh, the program. It seems like uh, you know the first couple of games didn't go their way, but they uh, had a big win against Tennessee Chattanooga, if you want to call it that, uh, this past weekend. So, talk to us a little bit about the uh, the state of the program.
4: Yeah, I think the state of the program is is still very much in flux uh, in year two under Jeremy Pruitt, and that's obvious by that uh, first performance against Georgia State. You know, coming into the year, I think there was a lot of cautious optimism because people looked at the schedule and they thought, you know, there's a good chance to be three and O going to Gainesville uh, with their schedule. I mean, you know, if Georgia state was pretty much a foregone conclusion. They'd win that game and, and everyone knew BYU was going to be tough at home. And it certainly was a hard fought, tough game. that Tennessee lost in, in two overtimes. But I think with that, just putrid performance against Georgia state did was really reset expectations with this team. And after one week, had all the fans asking, is this team really this bad, or was that just an awful performance from the coaches on down? And I think what you're you're seeing is it's probably a little bit of both. I think it was an awful performance from the coaches. They weren't prepared to play. Uh, they treated that game like a preseason game where they were shuffling in guys after every play, and uh, they got hit in the mouth. You know, they they were in a ball game. They're at four and at a half times Georgia State scores to start the second half, and Tennessee didn't know how to respond because they did not expect to be in a game in the second half, and they end up losing. Um, so from that point on, I think what everyone wanted to see was just improvement. They wanted to see player development, something that didn't happen under Butch Jones. And I think so far through the next two games, we've seen that. Obviously, the end of the BYU game was disappointing. They've got that game in control, and just one huge defensive mental error leads to that game-tying field goal. They go into overtime. They lose it double overtime. Uh, but it's certainly a big-time improvement, especially defensively. Just getting lined up in game number two, and and then they look good against a, a completely inferior team in Chattanooga. So uh, this certainly is going to be a different test on Saturday down in Gainesville against the Gators.
1: And and
2: how is the, the coaching staff preparing for that? Uh, how are they preparing uh, for the offense? Are they preparing for Kyle Trask? Uh, and then ultimately, what are they going to do? Um, you know, this looks like to be to me like a a battle of you know Tennessee's offensive line versus Florida's defensive line. So, what are what are Tennessee and, and Jeremy Pruitt talking about? What they need to do to win the game on Friday?
4: Or on that? Uh, you know, Jeremy. Me? Yeah, no, Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, he doesn't say a lot when he speaks to the media. But if you listen really closely, he he'll, he'll give you sort of some signs about about what they're up to. Um, look, I I fully expect Tennessee to be very prepared for this game. In fact, I think they were preparing for Florida. Uh, and not Georgia State, quite frankly. I think they've been preparing for Florida since fall camp opened up. That's really the first game they've prepared for. Um, So I think Tennessee is going to have a good plan. There's a lot of familiarity with both these coaching staffs, as you guys know, with Dan Mullen and his staff and Jeremy Pruitt and his staff. It's been all over the SEC. Jim Chaney knows Todd Grantham very well and what he wants to do. Um, So there's not going to be any secrets between these two teams and what they want to do out there. Uh, the big secret for Tennessee, I think, is how Dan Mullen and Florida will utilize Emory Jones. So that's a big X factor in this game. But what I expect from Tennessee is they're going to show a lot of different things offensively. They have been very vanilla through three weeks. They, they've shown some tendencies where, you know, for instance, if tight end Austin Pope is in the game and there's two tight ends in the game, they run the ball 87% of the time behind Austin Pope. I think you're going to see some misdirection with that. You're going to see Ooh. some play action. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you're going to see Jawan Jennings throw the football in this game, and he's going to play some quarterback also. So, you know, I don't think necessarily this is a throw the kitchen sink at him type game, but I do fully expect that Jim Chaney, in in his reputation as an offensive play caller, this is going to be the first game where Tennessee is going to do a lot of different things uh, to try to get through what is a really dangerous Florida defense. And you mentioned that defensive line. I do think Tennessee can run the ball some, on Florida, but the the big problem when you saw this a year ago, pass protection against a team that's leading the nation in sacks. That's going to be the issue all day for Tennessee. And you know they've got some veteran guys on the left side of that line, but the, the right side of the line, they're going to start a true freshman uh, and a redshirt sophomore that started his first game last week. So that's going to really be the challenge for Tennessee offensively.
2: And then how are they looking defensively? You know, I think it's it's tough to gauge you know, based on statistics, just because they had that that UT uh, Chattanooga game. But it looked like BYU, they cleaned up a lot of things, you know, take out that Georgia State game. What can we expect on defense from Tennessee?
4: Yeah, and I'll go from front to back with Tennessee's defense. Defensive line, and Jeremy Prode has said this a lot, that they're basically all the same guy. They have no real difference maker. You know, they're all okay. I think they're going to get better against the run in the defensive front as they learn how to play with leverage. A little bit more, but you know Aubrey Solomon, they got him eligible to transfer from Michigan, who was a four-star recruit. Uh, Greg Emerson, a four-star recruit. Latrell Bumpus flashed a little bit against BYU with two sacks. Uh, Daryl Middleton, a, a Juco transfer. They're going to rotate those guys, and they're all pretty much the same. They all look the same, kind of play the same way. They're not really imposing with their three-man front. When they get to that fourth down line, they do have some young guys on the edge that can affect the passer. So I think defensive line-wise, still very much a work in progress. A team that's not very good up front right now, but will get better as the year goes on. Now, at linebacker, I think that's where they're now greatly improved. Daniel Batuli came back last week, the senior inside linebacker, played 10 snaps. He is huge for Tennessee in getting them lined up. You saw those problems in week one against Georgia State. I think that's going to be much improved. Henry Toho Toho, who's the freshman inside linebacker, looks like he's going to be a star at Tennessee, has been very good through the first three weeks. They've got some guys in Daryl Taylor uh, who can get to the quarterback and is a veteran, and they've got some good young guys on the outside of linebacker. Secondary is where Tennessee should be at their best. Nigel Warrior, the senior safety, has been a disappointment. They've moved in Theo Jackson for Trayvon Flowers, the other safety spot, and corner is where Tennessee should get a big boost this week. It looks like Bryce Thompson, the freshman American, Uh, who was suspended for the first two games of the season, or first three games, Jeremy Pruitt said today in a press conference he will be making the trip to Florida. So Tennessee's going to get back their freshman All-American corner. Uh, And uh, this is kind of the Elante Taylor situation after that blown assignment against BYU. He got benched and didn't start against UT Chattanooga, so that's one to watch. But uh, Tennessee should be much improved in the secondary this year. That really hasn't been the case so far. And they started another true freshman at corner for Bryce Thompson. Um, but th- I think it's kind of like the offense. and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Tennessee sort of outside in, you know, they're best in the secondary gets a little better as you get to the line. I think offensively the same thing. It's both lines of scrimmage that are a big question mark for Tennessee. And that's not where you want to be in the SEC.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to offense real quick. Uh, talk to us about Jared, Garn- Jared, G- Garantano. Sorry, geez, um, his season. So, uh, you know, I know that he probably played pretty sparingly against Chattanooga just based on the stats. BYU didn't look like he had a great game. I only watched part of that game just because I was on the same time as uh, as Florida games. And then Georgia State, I know that he had uh, 311 yards passing. Talk to us about his season. Has he improved over last season at all? Has he regressed? Or, or what can Florida fans expect out of, out of him?
4: Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's been a, an enormous disappointment for Tennessee. And you can chalk that up to four offensive coordinators – in his four years there and everything else. But all reports this offseason were Jim Chaney's really going to help him. Jim Chaney is a great quarterback's coach. They're so going to simplify things for him, and it's going to get a lot easier for him, and, and they're not going to get him killed. You know, the, the knock on Tyson Helton's offensive coordinator a year ago was, with Tennessee's terrible offensive line, they put him in too many bad spots. Um, he was bad at the Georgia State game. He was really bad in the BYU game. And I think you, t- you chalked up that Georgia State game to coaching. I think the entire coaching staff was ill-prepared with a game plan for that one. So that's on the coaches. I think week two really is on the quarterback uh, who made the one big mistake in the game where Tennessee pulls away and went by two scores and then that horrible defensive gap as time was running down. And that's how Tennessee loses in double overtime. He looked good against Chattanooga. He looked comfortable. There was no real pressure, though, that Chattanooga brought to the table. Um, I think the biggest problem with Jarrett Garantano is He gets locked in on one guy too much, and there could be guys wide open. There's no real progression with him. You know, he's almost like playing a video game, and you pick that play, and you know you're throwing to one guy in the video game. That's what he looks like on the field, and that's gotten him in trouble where he's not seeing defenders. And a year ago, a guy who didn't throw many interceptions has thrown too many uh, in the early going this year. So he's been a disappointment. I'm curious to see what Jim Chaney does and tinkers with the offense to make it a little bit easier on him. Uh, but they clearly need him to be a lot better if they're going to win some SEC games this year.
0: You, you mentioned um, them not being really prepared for the Georgia State game. How do you think they're preparing, or or is it affecting them with, with the dual threat or the dual quarterback system that Dan Mullen is going to possibly run this weekend?
4: Yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm Dan Mullen, I'm certainly studying that uh, that Georgia State film and seeing what their quarterback, was able to do running the ball with that. And that's sort of been a problem for Tennessee uh, the last four or five years against running quarterbacks. And, and look, all teams can have difficulties against a quarterback who's mobile. Uh, But that was a big-time issue uh, in the Georgia State game. And, really, you go back and watch it. Tennessee's light years better on defense than that game uh, in the last two. Even against BYU, he's got a really strong offensive line, and they also had a dual-threat quarterback. They just didn't look as confused. They looked like they were lined up properly and they were in the right spot and that they were able to really hold BYU uh, to not a lot of points in that game. So they're a lot better. I think Daniel Batuli makes them better because he gets them lined up. You know, when you're on the road, you're not having to deal with crowd noise when you're on defense, uh, which I think will help Tennessee from a communication standpoint. Um, This is really going to test their speed, though. And that's something, they looked really, really slow against Georgia State. Part of that could be reaction time, part of that could be confusion, but they looked like they were on skates. And Georgia State just looked like the faster team, which was shocking. So that's something to watch in this game, especially when you get a speedster in there like Emory Jones at quarterback. Can Tennessee, from a speed standpoint, keep up with Florida? And you know, I think that's another one of those big question
1: marks going into this game. Oh, but so so tell me uh, about the uh Tennessee secondary. I know you said you got a, they got a guy coming back uh that was freshman all-American last year. Um who who are really the standout guys in the secondary? Um and do you think they match up well against our our receivers?
4: Yeah, you know, Bryce Thompson is the guy who was the freshman all-American a year ago. Um he he's been suspended for the first 3 weeks. He had an altercation on campus with his girlfriend, a shouting match. Um uh, nothing physical, The cops were called. One of the witnesses said that he threatened to shoot up the school. Um, some other witnesses said that he didn't say that. And I think that's what really got him in trouble was that threat, especially with everything going on right now. The university had to look into it. Um, he's facing a misdemeanor charge. I think he's going to, to a second date at court this upcoming week. Um, but Jeremy Pruitt's being very coy about his availability. He's not said that he's playing, but he has said he will make the trip. Um, I don't see any way he was working with the ones in practice today. I mean, if he's making a trip, he's playing uh, against Florida. So I, I would expect him to play. Now, uh, Vellante Taylor was a really good freshman a year ago, also a corner. A bit in the doghouse right now with Jeremy Pruitt after that busted coverage against BYU at the end of the game. And Nigel Warrior is their senior leader. He, he's just a guy who just hasn't made enough plays at safety for the Vols. So that's uh, that's one to watch. You know, I, I think Florida, Tennessee secondary should match up decently well against Florida's receivers. Um, But this is going to be their biggest test of the year so far, and it's it's not even close. So I think getting Bryce Thompson back is imperative because if not, you're going to see another true freshman playing in Warren Burrell, who started the first three weeks of the season. And he's started to some mixed reviews. I think most teams are trying to pick on him uh, as the true freshman. So um, like you guys, I'm interested to see how this Tennessee secondary improves with Bryce Thompson coming back. Uh, And if it's a good matchup against Florida.
2: Let me ask you, Chad, what are the, what's the talk, you know, around town, you know, today with that announcement that he could potentially come back. It seems to me from an outsider, obviously a biased outsider. So an outsider, it seems like convenient timing to come back when you have a court date that's still pending, you know, misdemeanor charges. Uh, Was that accepted as like, yeah, we need him back and we're going to kind of Go that direction? Or are people in Tennessee a little, you know, worried about you know Jerry Pruitt or what kind of the national heads might say regarding that decision if he does play?
4: I think honestly, Tennessee fans are pissed off he didn't play against Georgia State. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real frank about this. <laughs> um, you know, with a misdemeanor <laughs> charge, uh, I I think Tennessee fans are so angry that they've kind of let, let, let's face it, they were at their best when they had guys getting in trouble. Uh, under sure. Philip Fulmer. I mean, you guys know all too well, you know, Earth and mm-hmm. had guys sh- shooting up the school. And they were winning a ton of
0: games. And
4: people didn't <laughs> care. I don't, I don't
0: care. know about well, that. There, there were there we was was the, still, the, the we boy guns and stuff. We were yeah, still yeah. hanging 50 you, on y'all, so I, I don't <laughs> <laughs> there's anyway, alleged, you know. There's, there's some alleged things that happened, but the school never got shot.
4: <laughs> no, no. But you, you know you know what I mean. Aaron Hernandez Absolutely. was on campus uh, yeah. for, uh, for for Urban Meyer. But point being, you know, if you win, things get forgiven. Um look, if he if he touched the girl at all, if that was alleged, I think you'd remove him for the season, quite frankly. Uh, that didn't happen with this. But I think Tennessee fans look around and they say, Okay, who's winning in the FCC? Georgia, Alabama, Florida under Dan Mullen, a guy Tennessee wanted to hire, who's a very good coach. How would they handle a situation like this? Now, would they handle it with a two- or three-game suspension? Probably. You know, And that's what Tennessee did. He's going to have been suspended for yeah, three games. Yeah, but Pruitt's
0: going to win like five games, though. It's, it's one thing when you're winning and, and you're, you're doing this type of stuff. But when you do that and then you win five games, now it looks like you really don't have a grasp on anything.
4: Well, they, they're they one and two, and they didn't play them. So if if that's going on and he played these three games I hear
0: you. I then hear I think
4: you. people are more angry about it, right? I mean yeah. look, I I fully believe if this was Georgia, he's sitting at half and then he's playing. Because Georgia is going to play their best players. Ain't unless it's something unless it's something really egregious. I think Alabama mm-hmm. the same way. I think for I think sure. with things like this, when there's not felony charges, you handle it internally and then you get him back on the field. Now Tennessee suspended him for three games. Now, clearly, if they start having off-the-field issues and he's winning four and five games a year, he's not going to be around one than two or three years, uh, just like Derek Dooley. But Tennessee fans are ready to see Tennessee operate like the powerhouse programs in the SEC again.
2: Do you, Chad, do you think this is a must-win game for Tennessee? Because I'm looking at their schedule beyond Florida. They've got Georgia, Mississippi State, then Alabama, you know, in, in consecutive games. What? Uh, is this a must win for them? And and if they lose and then they lose those next three and they're sitting at what, one and six, do you think Jeremy Pruitt is fired or or what do you think his leash is this season, assuming the worst?
4: I think the worst thing that could happen in Tennessee football is if they fired Jeremy Pruitt and they had to just to start that whole him. cycle
1: over again. Yeah. What, what now? Yeah, that, they that, barely that whole,
0: got Pruitt. Like they're high. Yeah,
1: that, the that whole coach search was crazy. Yeah, oh,
4: it was nuts, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, they had Mike Leach under John Curry, and they decided to uh, regroup and fire John Curry and bring in Philip Fulmer, and they brought in Jeremy Pruitt. Now, look, I, I don't think that, you know, uh, they owe Jeremy Pruitt anything. I mean, they gave him a, his first head coaching opportunity, but I do think that they need to give him more than two years. I mean, the only, the, the only scenario I can think of, if they go, let's say, 1-11, in 11, okay, they don't win another game, They lose to UAB. They get worse as the year goes on. and It's just clearly deteriorating. Then I think you make a move at the end of the season. But I think what Tennessee fans have to acknowledge now after the loss to Georgia State, they need to throw out the final record. And as weird as that sounds, they need to worry about improvement. This is a program that's just got to get better. They're not going to beat Florida on Saturday. I mean, I could see this game going into the second half and being close. They're not ready mentally to win a game like this yet with this group. They need to get better from week to week. They need to look like a competent football team on Saturday. They need to look like a team that at least athletically can compete with a team like Florida. I think that's kind of the next step for this program to look that way against good SEC competition. But look, there is a scenario where it gets so bad that they would have to fire it after a year two. I just don't see Philip Fulmer two years into a rebuild, making the admission that he screwed up the coaching hire. Does that make sense? Because that's what it'd be. He basically yeah. have to say, I screwed mm-hmm. this up after two years. I just don't see that happening unless things really go downhill this year.
2: Can, can how, how can Tennessee restore themselves to national prominence? Because it's been probably since most of these now high schoolers were very young to not even born, really the last time that, that Tennessee was – was legitimately a national powerhouse. What can they do to restore that? Or is that potentially a a lost cause for a while?
5: Well,
4: I think Tennessee fans and everyone around, they need to stop dealing in the past. Uh, And I think that's both good and bad. You know, Tennessee is the top 10 all-time in wins in college football, but that's not helping them right now, just like the last 12 years isn't helping them. And they've been bad. You know, for the last 12 years, I think what they really need to do is fairly assess, Okay, what is Tennessee football? Let's take the past out of it for the time being. Let's take all the good times in the 90s and, you know, the 50s and 60s and General Neyland and all that. And what it is, is it's a program with a a passionate fan base. You know, they're getting uh, 85 to 100,000 people there regularly. They have a lot of financial resources. They're in a difficult spot to recruit. Especially now that Clemson is good and Georgia's so good, that they feasted in the past,
2: that's and those teams are down. The problem
0: is local. The problem is really no homegrown talent. That's that's really the problem. And the one, the few that they have, like Jalen Ramsey, they leave. That's the, I think that's more of the problem right there.
4: Yeah, it's that's a big part of it for sure. And, and they've done okay in state, but you know Tennessee's going to have to go to Atlanta. Um, when they're really yeah. good, they go to North Carolina. They go to South Carolina. Well, the big problem is now Clemson is dominant. So Clemson's actually getting players from Knoxville to go to Clemson with the mm-hmm. last few coaches. So, you know, they went into South Carolina and got Albert Haynesworth, for instance. Um, you know, they could go into North Carolina and get a Sean Bryson, a big uh, piece of that national championship team. That's not happening where those teams are as good. But Tennessee still has a lot to offer. I mean, and you guys can weigh on this too. I think if Tennessee has things rolling the way they should, they're consistently the third best program in the East. I think it's Florida, Georgia, in any order, based on homegrown talent, based on those programs right now. But Tennessee, with their resources, with their fan base, with how they can recruit, they should be right there with South Carolina. They should be better than Missouri, Kentucky, Bandy. That's probably where they should be. They have to worry about getting there. I mean, it can start with competing with the likes of Florida and Georgia. But let's face it, it's a team that needs to be bandied. I mean, that, they've fallen right. behind Vandy right now. So I think that's step one for Jeremy Pruitt. I think he's recruited pretty well. I think if, if the players show improvement this year, knock off a few SEC opponents, I think that they could sell player development to recruits out there. But really, Tennessee fans, they have to stop worrying about the past. They have to worry about getting ahead of those programs they should be ahead of. And I can't sit here and say they should be ahead of Florida or Georgia because they should Based on the homegrown talent in those states and what they've been able to do.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I I want the guys to weigh in on this as well. I don't. I think Tennessee should be, and I I think you use that word um, correctly. Should be number three. I, I just don't even know if they are. Uh, you I, know, I, if you I don't, recently, Missouri yeah. um, has played you know substantially better. Kentucky. I have more faith in Kentucky being able to uh, to, to build themselves into a more national powerhouse, maybe not with the scale and size of, of stadium and and certainly not maybe the resources on the football side. Uh, but with Mark Stoops and the program that he's building, I feel more comfortable with him. And I think South Carolina, you know, has, you know, a chance too if they get a better head coach, you know, you saw what Steve Spurrier did in just a few years. And now he's a generational coach. And I think if you found somebody in between Muschamp and Spurrier, you could have quite a bit of success there. So, you know, I'm struggling to see how Tennessee is able to to bounce out of this. Now, certainly they could, you know. But on the flip side of you know your comments, I also am not sure that that Tennessee has even really put a, a super respectable product on the field in at least the last decade, maybe even the last
4: two decades. Yeah, tw- I mean, 2016, they start five and zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they fall apart. And that was the start of the downfall of Butch Jones. And next year it really hit the fan. Uh, it, it, it's been a while, but I, look, I'm saying all things. First off, Tennessee is oh, not sure. equal with Missouri right now. We're saying, I'm not saying that they're way. Oh, no, sure, sure. I'm saying, let's say that both Tennessee and South Carolina get a generational talent. As you said, a coach at the same time, Tennessee should be better than South Carolina. If they both have a generational coach, that's, And I'm saying all things, let's say all the coaching Mm -hmm. is equal, programs are equal, I'm going Florida, Georgia in either order, probably Florida, Mm -hmm. then Georgia, and then Tennessee, then South Carolina, then Missouri, and you go on down the list. That's where Tennessee needs to get back to. I don't know that Jeremy Pruitt's the guy to do it. Quite Mm -hmm. frankly, I think they put a good staff around them. They're certainly spending a lot of money on their coaching staff, but um, the early returns in 2019 are not good. Uh, for Jeremy Pruitt, the way they started the season. So he, he certainly has a lot of proving to do.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think, and you, Chad, we'll have to wrap this up here quickly. I think one of the things that I'm also noticing about Jeremy Pruitt is
4: he
3: he's
2: doing a lot of what Will Muschamp did his first couple of years is that he just seems so angry and he seems to get, the, the game seems to get out of his hands and out of control. And then he just gets mad. Um, you know, I think that, you know, when you're a defensive coordinator and you can kind of yell and scream, it's it's one thing. Or when you're a position coach. But I think when you're a head coach, a lot of your players are going to look at you for for that leadership. And that's just the one thing. And I say that as an outside, you know, observer. And uh, my wife's friend is married to Jeremy Pruitt. So she said, you know, a lot of great things about him as a person. But, you know, that's the, the one thing that I'm noticing that, you know, that could certainly be uh, one of his downfalls as well.
4: Yeah, you, know, you got to learn how to be a head coach. Uh, I had the same uh, opinion of Will Muschamp, you know, breaking his headset on the sideline. We've seen some of that from Jeremy Pruitt. He clearly hasn't figured out exactly the demeanor he needs to have. He's tall a lot of the time. You know, he flips out on Elante Taylor at the end of the BYU game. I don't know that that's the best time for that um, and, and breaks his headset there. So, you know, there's reports that they're trying to figure out whether to go for it or not on one play, and he's coaching up the defensive line. And that's what coordinators do. You know, they're football coaches, first and foremost. They're used to being with the players and coaching them during a game. So I think that's a big-time adjustment for Jeremy Pruitt. He's got a good resource there in Phillip Fulmer, uh, who mm. was the head coach for a while, that he can kind of play off of. And Phillip Fulmer had to learn how to go from being an offensive coordinator uh, to a head coach as well. But no, I mean, I, I'm with you guys. I think there's a lot of learning to do. And um, th- that's just where Tennessee is right now. Unfortunately, they're in a spot where they got a guy learning to be a head coach on the job. I think the the thought is that he's got so many veteran assistant coaches around him that they can really help uh, with some of that. But, um, again, early returns in 2019, not so good for Jeremy Pruitt.
2: All right, Chad, give us the score of the game uh, for this weekend.
4: You know, I, I think that Tennessee will play well. I think that they can get this game into the second half. I do not think they could win, but now saying that, having seen the history of this uh, this series, Tennessee will probably turn the ball over five times in the first half, and Florida's going to score a couple times on defense and, and run away with it. But if I had to guess, I, mean, I think the point spread's about right. Um, I think, I don't see Tennessee scoring a ton of points in this game. I'll say 28-14, Florida wins in this game.
2: All right, perfect, Chad. Well, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for uh, for jumping on with us. Uh, tell us uh, where we can uh, where we can listen to you and follow you.
4: Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at withrozone. Uh, I'm on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. The name of the show is Midday 180. At Midday 180 on Twitter as well. You can, uh, you can follow me in all those spots.
2: Awesome, Chad. Thanks so much for uh, for coming on, and we'll uh, we'll talk with you soon.
1: All right, guys. Thanks. Th- thanks, thanks a lot. man. Uh, thank you, bro.
6: All
0: right. Yeah, I think the screaming thing—he was talking about the screaming and whatnot for Pruitt, but I think Muschamp did it as well. I think those guys take on the personality of Saban a little bit from Ben Ryan a, a lot. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He, he did that screaming as well. You gotta understand.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you know these new age guys ain't really on that. You know, um, you know these these guys are, are, are look at that like as if you know I want to play for that guy. You know, he all look my face and stuff. Um, I think this, this this is a whole different generation. You gotta talk to these guys a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Like that old school mentality that don't work for everybody
0: nowadays. Yeah, though. I just think like certain coaches could could can adapt and kinda get through to the kids. Like I don't think that's Pruitt's issue. You know what I'm saying? Like it is the screaming or losing this shit on the sidelines. I think there's a lot of other stuff that's his issue, bro. Like mush champ defense was always on point, so obviously he was getting through to the kids, no matter if he was screaming or what he was doing. For sure. But he couldn't figure out offense, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just couldn't let the chains go and let the offense coordinator do their thing. So I think that's more of the issue with those type of guys, just control, controlling. I think Pruitt's a little bit of control, freaking. Like, he's coaching the defense. Like, dude was just saying, like, that's more of his issue. You're a head coach. Mm-hmm. You can walk over with the, the positional players and go over the on, on the white board. That's for the D.C. now, bro.
2: Yeah, I think that that's the toughest transition. I mean, it's a toughest transition for anybody that's going into to management, right? It's the ability to, you know, have somebody else take over for you, right? And and I still think that you know, coaches that become uh, head coach, um, you know, obviously they should you know, continue to do what they're good at. And for Jeremy Pruitt, that's defense. But at the end of the day, you've got to hire somebody that you're comfortable with leading that, right? Or at least co-leading that with you. And that's what Will Muschamp did with T-Rob. That's what a lot of these guys are are doing. You know, uh, Dan Mullen's doing it with Brian Johnson. So, you know, find that person you feel comfortable with. But I think for me is, you know, I saw him yelling a ton at, you know, Garantano. And I'm not sure you know, what the expectations for him were from Pruitt. But I guarantee you the last thing that your quarterback wants, you know, as he's hanging his head coming off the sideline, is him to be yelled at by his head coach the second he comes on. It just seems like he's he's a little bit of a loose cannon. It might take him a little while to figure it out and calm down a little bit, kind of like Mike ship did.
1: You also got to learn your players, too. And, and you know, um, the guys got to come in and, and get, a, get adapted to it. You know, it, maybe it will work, you know, but um, it's, it, it's always something different that, you know, you got to get adjusted to, you know, change.
0: Dan, what's your overall, before we get, I mean, we got another, the, the next guest coming on. What's your overall opinion on um, the game, Tennessee, how you see it playing out?
2: Yeah, I, it's a wild card with Kyle Trask. You know, I think that he played really well against Kentucky and uh, what he was asked to do. You know, Tennessee does have, you know, a few more players. I think, um, you know, that they, they may be able to cause them some trouble uh, on the defensive uh, line part of the ball. Uh, so I, I I think Florida has better players overall. Uh, I think they've got them beat at uh, at the wide receiver cornerback uh, side. I think that they've got some you know some players that should be able to to break apart in that defense. It really a lot of it relies on two things on offense. It's one obviously can they get a running game going right? You know they've they've really struggled running the football this season. The only time that they ran it well was really in that second half uh, of that uh, of. The- a Tennessee Martin game. So that's the, that's the big thing that I need to see is are we creating holes? And if not, what are we doing to try to fix that? Right. And, you know, maybe it's not LaMichael P Ryan to try to fix that. Maybe it is a Pierce. Maybe it is a Malik Davis. Maybe it's, you know, one of these places like we, we ran with Josh Hammond. Right. So like, whatever it is, we've got to get creative and move that football. Cause there's going to be a lot of reliance on Kyle Trask uh, to, to be able to deal, to beat teams. Right. And so what I fear is if Florida can't get the ball, you know, running, then they're just going to, you know, either blitz more, right, and really force uh, Kyle Trask to throw the ball and beat them in the air, or they're just going to continue to, you know, beat Florida down in the running game and, you know, force, uh, you know, again, force uh, Trask to beat them in the air. So I know I just said the same thing twice. That's not what I meant to say, but, uh, but yeah, what about you
1: guys? I'll just, uh, you know, can't be one dimensional. Um, I know from a defensive standpoint, if we're playing against a team that's only running the ball or only passing the ball, um, that's going to make it actually easier for us to defend because we know that they're not doing the the you know the, the opposite, you know, whatever they're doing, run or pass. Um, and and like like uh, like Dan said, you know, um, teams are going to load the box up, they're going to start blitzing more. Um, so we have to get a, a run game established. Uh, our offensive line has to, to to fire up the ball a little bit more. Um, I don't give a damn if we got Emma Smith back in our backfield. If we're not powering and firing off the ball, it doesn't matter. So uh, once we get these guys firing off the ball a little bit better, we can be more balanced. I think we'll be more effective. But, you know, Kyle Trask is going to show us a lot this week. Um, It's his first game start in his first, you know, full game um, as a quarterback. Uh, You know, I'm I'm excited to see what he brings uh, differently to the table.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything both of you said. Um, Tennessee runs the ball decently. If if there's a strong part of their offense, something that they carry. Somewhat rely on, or something they need to work for them to win the game is the run game. Um, they they kind of lean on that a little bit. The quarterback's not accurate. He's not efficient. He'll turn it over if you put him in a situation um, for him to do that. So we give him a third and longs like we did last year, and like he's been struggling this year. I think we could we could we could cause some problems for him. Um, this is definitely a good time to work on your third down defense because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we're giving a lot of third and longs. Other than that, I think I think Emory. If we get Emory some reaction stuff, man, with, 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 I don't care who the back is. I think that can create us some seams and and get those linebackers let them freeze a second doing plays to open up some gaps and different other run game, parts of the run game. Uh, I I just think Emory could his run threats gonna, gonna cause some stuff for us to break something in the run game, just for a linebacker having to be responsible for him every play.
2: You know, I don't really know who Tennessee is because they lost to Georgia State and then they played better against BYU and then they fell apart and then they played, you know, UT Chattanooga, who's... Terrible. So I don't know who they are. I don't know what to expect out of them. You know, I know that there's you know more confidence in in Tennessee after uh, that game against UT Chattanooga, and you know it seems like listening to some of their press conferences and things of that nature, they're a little bit more confident. I just don't know where they would beat Florida. You know, I think that Florida has better defense uh, than Tennessee does uh, have offense, and I think that Florida has a substantially better offense. You know, assuming that Kyle Trask can do you know seventy five percent of what Felipe Franks can do, which I think he can. I think Florida has a better offense than they do. And, I, you know, I think that yeah, we have better special teams. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, Florida's defense substantially outweighs Tennessee's offense, especially if they can get pressure on uh, Garantano, uh, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of not only third and longs, but I think that they're going to be punting from, you know, their side of the field and giving Florida, you know, a pretty good field position. If Florida can win that field position game, I absolutely trust Uh, Kyle Trask it's if we have to go uh, you know and march down 65 70 80 90 yards you know each drive is when I get a little bit worried but if Florida's defense can do what I think they can do against Tennessee's offensive line especially on the uh, right hand side of the ball uh, you know I think the floor is in in good shape and in my opinion probably wins this game by by 13 to 17 points
1: I just I just feel like, you know, it's it's going to be a a good one uh, for the simple fact that it's, it's it's still Tennessee Florida, you know. And these guys are going to come up come out pumped up a little bit. Um I I think they were kind of shell-shocked the first game against Georgia State and didn't know how to react and come from behind. Um so, you know, that not saying they're a good team and that's you know, not saying they're they're necessarily a bad team. I um, I just I just know they're going to come in here a little bit pumped up, man, and we just can't take them lightly. Um we got to win a turnover battle. Uh, we got to cause some turnovers. We got to get back there, uh, you know, sack fumble the quarterback, uh, make him throw, uh, you know, crazy passes, um, you know, and and, and and get pressure on them. And that's what's going to make them throw those passes. Uh, I think we should, you know, win by a decent margin. But I just don't want to take these guys lightly and they come in here and, and, and try to stick with us.
0: Our next guest is brought to you by the good folks at the Gator Kicks. Visit thegatorkicks.com and get all your your custom shoes needs, uh, custom jays. Uh, we got the Mullen forth. They laced the whole crew up here at Stadium Miguel with them. Uh, everybody was rocking them. My man Crowder got a pair. Anything you need, you want some custom customized stuff? Hit them boys up. They're gonna tighten you up. They got the Ahmad Black Legendary shirt. I think they're making a um, none Letterman Dan shirt soon. So if you guys wanna a shirt of somebody that never really did anything in high school, a letter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bro, it's the, they call it the Bull Gator. He's a Bull Gator so, or something like that. So they got the Bull Gator legendary version coming out. Shout out to the Gator Kicks, man. Holla at them boys. Oh, that's dope.
3: You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale.
2: And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is Braden Gall. Braden, how are you today?
7: Oh, uh, doing well, man. Great week, of college football coming up. Seth. So I'm in a good. I'm in a good mood.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna knock out the Tennessee part of this show just because you're there in Nashville. Talk to us a little bit about uh, your thoughts on this uh, this upcoming game uh, against uh, Florida, and, and how do you see that game playing out?
7: I mean, it's it's hard to gauge, to be honest with you, where Tennessee is at. I think they're they're motivated right now, um, but I mean, it's Chattanooga, so I don't I don't know how much that means to them in the locker room. I think having some success for, you know, a class of kids that hadn't had a whole lot of winning, I think, is probably a positive. But again, it's it comes along with all the other nonsense, right? The the silly mistakes, the bad coverages, terrible formations. I mean. You know, if you read the, the scouting report from the Tennessee Chattanooga coaching staff, it's not a pretty picture of what's going on in Tennessee. So, you know, this game means a lot to to both sides, obviously. And so I think Tennessee is extra motivated. There's an Auburn feel to it from last year where Jared Garantano actually looked like a different quarterback, threw the ball around a little bit. They played over their skis and and they won the game on the road. I just don't see how they're going to score. So. Um, I think they're motivated. I think they're in a good place mentally. Um, but for, as far as athletes go and, and matching up, matching up, you know, personnel unit versus personnel unit, I, I'm not sure how many situations you can look at on paper and say Tennessee's better than Florida. So um, that that's the concern if you're a Tennessee fan. You know, if you're a Florida fan, it's just the nature of the rivalry. You know, I know you know guys that have played in this game. They know all about it. It can get ugly. It can get low scoring. It can get you know, mucked up real fast, and if that happens, then all of a sudden maybe the underdog can can hang with you and make you feel weird about it for a little while. But bottom, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it, you know, they're going to have to play a near perfect football game to to have a, a chance to win in the fourth quarter.
2: Is there any confidence in any area of the game where Tennessee thinks that they've got Florida either mismatched or, or substantially
7: better? <laughs> Um, you tell me, Henderson, Daniga, are they all not playing? Like, if that's not going to happen, maybe, um, you know, and again, you guys are closer to it than I am. So if CJ Henderson's not playing, and again, I haven't checked Twitter in the last couple hours, so I don't know. Um, you you know, Juwan Jennings. Right. That's what I assume. (laughs) Um, it, listen, Juwan Jennings is the best player on the team for Tennessee right now. And so maybe there's a chance with lack of depth at corner, you could find a couple plays down the field maybe, but, but again, there's the, the one area of concern for Florida, the offensive line, big picture. And again, we'll talk about the quarterback. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have, but the offensive line is the real area of concern, but that's, that, that's not an area of strength for Tennessee. That's not a place where they're going to win a bunch of individual battles. I mean, Daniel Batuli's back in the front seven. He's their best player in the front seven. You know, he played well last week. I, I don't know how much that means that they still have a bunch of, you know new faces and new names rotating up front, so it's um, they've got a couple of veterans in the linebacking core. Maybe that Florida struggled to run the football outside of that particular matchup. That you know, I- I'll take the receiving core for Florida. I'll take you know the passing game for Florida. I'm going to take the de- every every level of the defense for Florida versus Tennessee's offense. You know, Tennessee's kid got a great kicker. I'll give him that. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, Florida's kickers only
2: missed in, three in ever.
7: There. So. Yeah. well, Right. And that's the thing. They're, they're both really good. And that's pretty, pretty unusual today um, with college football, the way it is, but it, there's not a whole lot of, you know, you're asking to find optimism for, for matchups. And there's just not a lot there for Tennessee. It, it's more about the emotion of the, of the day and, and the emotion of the rivalry.
2: All right. So let's get your score prediction. Then we're going to move off. So what's your score prediction for this game?
7: I, you know, I, I think Tennessee covers, I think it's, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're fighting as hard as they possibly can in the third quarter. If Garantano can actually complete some, some passes down the field, um, you know, they've got some bodies that can make some plays. The running game has been solid. If they can play way over their skis, keep it close in the third quarter. I think Florida pulls away. How much does Dan Mullen yo-yo back and forth with Emory Jones and, and Kyle Trask, the offense, the passing game looks pretty good under Trask. To be honest, we know he wants to use Jones a lot. I know the co-starter thing is, is there, but I would say Florida wins 10 points, you know, 30 to 20. I don't think Tennessee can get to 30 points on that Florida defense on the road. I, I would lean on the defense and say, Hey, just don't make mistakes and we'll win the game. It doesn't mean Tennessee doesn't cover. I think they can cover, but um, I, I think Florida is the, the far superior team, even with a bunch of personnel depth issues. And at home, I just think they're too talented on defense with Ty Grantham and those schemes, and those packages out. I'll, I'll take Florida to win fairly easily, but, it's a Tennessee cover.
1: I was going to talk about the depth. Um, you know, I, I know it's going to be kind of hot down here. Uh, you know, you guys aren't used to to the weather that we, we have down here in Florida. How is the depth on defense uh, to where, you know, they can rotate guys, you know, get, get fresh guys out there? How are they in, in uh, the back end of games?
7: You know, it's funny you say, you say that. My my I've got a lot of family down there, and my family's from Tampa originally, and my family right now. I was talking to my parents today, actually. They're down in, in the Naples area. And it's, it's cooler down there than it is up here, man. Uh, we've had, like, 97 and, like, humid as all get-out the last, like, two and a half weeks. So, I, th- I think – I'm not sure. I know it's not Florida humidity. I get it. Trust me. I, I know. I spent a lot of summers down there. But it's – I'm not – if that's the deciding factor, to be honest with you, then I would say that Tennessee's probably played a pretty good football game at that point. Um, I, I would say their, their defense has got concerns. Their secondary would be the strength of their team, but they lost two players at the start of the year – Um, It'll be be interesting to see if Bryce Thompson plays. He's probably their best corner. Uh, If he plays after some really awful off the field stuff, you know, you threaten to shoot up the school. It's never a good thing. And um, so, if he plays, you know, and that there's a little bit more depth there. The the linebacking core is probably the one area where they've got a a second wave of guys. But other than that, there's there's no depth um, at really any position outside of wide receiver and tailback on this Tennessee roster. There's just not. They depend on their starters at almost across the board. So to your point, it could be a it could be an issue at the end of the year. I just I, I as someone who lives in Tennessee, it's been hot as hell the last uh, two, two months. I'm ready for a break in the heat for sure.
0: Hey, on the national scene, do you think there's anybody that could uh, upstage Lincoln Riley and Jalen Hurts with the Heisman?
7: You know, it's funny. I I don't think. I think Trevor Lawrence is clearly the best college football player right now. Um, Like, if you're starting a draft and you're taking a draft, he's like, like I love Tua. I love Jalen Hurts, and and frankly, everyone should love the person Jalen Hurts is. I think that's why Alabama fans all of a sudden are Oklahoma fans, and it takes a lot to make an Alabama fan root for Oklahoma. Um, But that's what people are doing right now, which is really cool to see because just Jalen's such a unique, good kid to root for. And um, but Trevor doesn't have any opportunities to to have moments, right? Like if there's any, the rest of their schedule, you look at Clemson's schedule and you go, where's the big showdown that he's going to be on national TV, slinging it around, making big plays against the great defense to kind of come from behind. If they're coming from behind in any one of those games, it's probably because he's played bad football. So I-, I think it's difficult for Trevor Lawrence to get to that, uh, you know, to, to win the award. I-, I've- I voted on the award for a few years now, and I just don't think he's like, he's the best player, like bar none, number one pick with a bullet. I don't even know if you can say that about Tua, but you can absolutely say that about Trevor Lawrence. He's in the Andrew Luck, John Elway category of, of, of prospects. That's a pretty, pretty rarefied air. I just don't think he's going to have moments and Jalen Hurts is going to have moments where he's going to have to play really, really well, whether it's two times against Texas, maybe potentially, um, you know, they've got a battle with TCU, you know, that schedule's not as difficult Tua's is the one who's going to have all the, the, the the stage is set for himself, right? He's going to have LSU. Yeah. He's going to have Auburn on the road. He's going to have A and M on the road. He's going to have all these big moments. Potentially a Georgia showdown. I think the name that no one's talking about for this is either DeAndre Swift or Jake Fromm. I'm not sure which one is going to be there. I don't know. You guys probably hate to hear that, but it, that's Man. as good a running back. That's as, that's as good a running back quarterback combination as there is in the country. I've got Georgia winning the whole thing this year. So if if they beat Bama in Atlanta, that could sway voters the same way that to his performance in Atlanta probably pushed some people towards Kyler Murray last year. So those big games down the stretch are still what matters. And so that Lincoln Riley offense is so ridiculous. Like, those guys are just 7, 8, 10 yards wide open, uh, you know, every game they've played. They haven't played anybody big yet, um, you know, with all due respect to UCLA Chip Kelly. L- when they get into Big 12 play and they start playing some teams, then we'll start to see. But I, I don't – outside of Texas, I'm not sure who's going to beat Oklahoma. So it's more about the playoff for Jalen Hurts, and that's post-Heisman Trophy. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not it.
2: sure. I mean, you know, I I, I was going to say I just saw Joe Burrow throw up 460 yards against Tennessee <laughs> or uh, Texas's defense. So I have I have no reason to believe that anybody in the Big 12 can stop uh, Oklahoma on offense. Now that doesn't mean that Oklahoma's going to necessarily win the game because their defense isn't very good. Uh, but I think if Jalen Hurts continues to do what he does, I see them steamrolling through the Big 12 again and possibly making the playoff for what the fourth year in a row. And then you potentially have your third Heisman trophy quarterback. You transfer, um, under your, uh, two to, or under your time as a head coach. I mean, that's gotta be one of the hottest starts to a, yeah. uh, a head coach career that I've ever heard.
7: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unprecedented. Just two, two of them is unprecedented transfers. You know, one of them is a walk on. Obviously we know the Baker Mayfield story. Um, it, you know, the whole thing is unprecedented basically to have a third opportunity at this is, is just insane. Now, they did lose – te- you know, Kyler Murray lost to Texas last year in the regular season. So they got stopped by Texas last year. And then in the championship game, it was a pretty decent game. It was close in the fourth quarter. So Texas is is, is a team to be reckoned with. But to your, to your point about Oklahoma, it's the same thing with Alabama and Clemson now as well. It's like w- we don't judge them based on what they do in week two or week four or week eight or week 12. It, like everything is based around how do they match up with Clemson? How does Oklahoma match up in the playoff? How, how, we're not talking about Alabama and Clemson – when it comes to to some the SEC championship or the ACC championship, especially Clemson, what we talk about with Clemson's worries, concerns, you know, the defensive line moving on, all four of those guys leaving for the NFL, like that's not a concern against Wake Forest or Boston College or even Florida State today. What, what it's a concern about is how do you match up against Georgia's offensive line in a playoff game? How do you match up against Alabama? So that's the same thing for Oklahoma. For years, they've dominated the Big Twelve. Cool. What has that netted you? Nothing. You haven't won a single thing in a championship setting. You haven't even won a playoff game. So it's not meant to be a knock on them. It just means if you're trying to break through into that rarefied territory where we talk Bama, Saban, now Dabo and Clemson are there. You know, How State was there with Urban Meyer. He's now gone. I think Georgia's creeping its way into that conversation. If you're going to be in that group, that's how you're going to be judged. And And Oklahoma has yet to win a game like that. And you know, is the last time they were in the championship game and, you know, they lost to Florida. So they, they, that's the last time they had a really good defensive line, frankly. I mean, I think Gerald McCoy was on that team and that's the, the last time Oklahoma had a legit bona fide, you know, NFL defensive line was a dec- more than a decade ago. And I, so I still have my doubts mm. about, you know, how, how great the quarterback in the system is. That's that's great. But if you can't cover slant routes against Tua, wh- what does it matter? I mean, Tua just threw slant routes against them for, for, for three hours last year and torched them. So um, I don't know how they're going to win a playoff game.
0: Hey, Michigan and Wisconsin play this weekend. Uh, Harbaugh hasn't been uh, that hot of a coach. He didn't end the last season well. He struggled against Army. Is it, this a must-win? Because I don't even know if they're going to be Ohio State this year without Urban Meyer. Yeah, I mean,
7: that's – a. That's a million dollar question right there. And listen, if he coaches at Michigan for long enough, he's going to beat Ohio state. So I don't know about the, you know, like will he ever conversation is, is not necessarily one that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think Jim Harbaugh is a pretty good football coach. You don't get the three straight NFC championship games, a super bowl rebuild Stanford, you know, take a five win team at Michigan and immediately win 10 games and then be a couple of plays away from the playoffs in multiple years. I mean, there were one field goal, away from making the playoff against Iowa. They were one inch away on a JT Barrett fourth down sneak against Ohio state in the shoe to get to the playoffs the state, like another year. Like they've, they've been a pretty good football team under Jim Harbaugh. I just, I think the administration is totally in support of him. Um, another loss to Ohio state would certainly test that there's no question this particular game. I have no idea guys. Like I, I, I think, you know, they've had a whole week, extra week to prepare both teams. Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin's running game is great. They're pretty good on defense, better than they were last year. But Michigan beat them by 25 last year, and that was Paul Chriss' worst loss of his career. I, Michigan historically has owned Wisconsin in big games when it matters. The problem is Wisconsin is a three-point favorite, which feels like Vegas is begging you to take Michigan. So that concerns me. Like, what do the wise guys know about this game that we don't know? Because I, I have, to be honest with you, I study this stuff every day and I, I have no clue what's going to happen in that game. I, I could see Michigan by four touchdowns. I could see Wisconsin winning close. Madison's a great place to, to party. I do know that um, outside of that, uh, it's going to, it's one of those where I can't wait Absolutely. to sit down early kickoff early kickoff. Can't wait to sit down and watch it. Cause I honestly have no idea. And one team's going to come out of there feeling, you know, sky high, like they're going to win a championship and the other team's going to be completely dejected a lot. Like what's going to happen with Auburn and A&M. You know, the loser of that game's got no chance to win the West, basically. So there, there's a lot on the line in 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 Madison this weekend for sure.
1: So, question: Are you complete, How are you with uh, Notre Dame? Are you completely sold like the rest of the media is about <laughs> Notre Dame? I mean, that, that, I, we got to be serious. Like, come on, I mean, every 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 year it's a Notre no, Dame. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's let's be real now. When are we gonna come to our senses about Notre Dame?
7: Yeah, I mean, you guys tell me what you think. I I think Georgia belonged in the playoff over Notre Dame last year. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I said it last year. I thought they were the better team. You're telling me right now, and again, I know this is in the past, but to your point, right, like when are we going to learn? Look at – like if you told me last year you could take your team, whoever your team is, and you're going to line up in a playoff game and you're going to play Notre Dame or you're going to play Georgia. Tell me who you think the coach wants to play. ain't no way they're picking up. No way. Exactly. Exactly. So now, is Georgia as good as they were last year? That remains to be seen. We'll, we'll find out. The offensive line certainly is. The quarterback's great. The running back's good. The defense looks solid, but is it as good as last year? A lot of players off that unit. I, I mean, there's there's a reason they're a, a two-touchdown favorite against Notre Dame. Now, will it just be like this picturesque, gorgeous Saturday night in Athens? Like, I, I know you guys probably hate – Like Athens is one of the greatest places to go watch a game. I love going there. Even as a Tennessee alum, I love going there because it's just a fun place to hang out. And it's a beautiful setting. It's, you know, the golden domers under the lights between the hedges, all the, the, you know, all that stuff about what makes college football such a beautiful sport to watch on Saturdays. I just don't know if the game's going to be that good. I, I just don't know if it's going to be that close. I, I kind of want it to be, cause I want to see some drama. I root for overtime every, every game I watch, but I just think Georgia's too good. I, they lost 600-plus tackles, Notre Dame did, out of their linebacking core. I'm not sure how good the defense is. I think Ian Book's a really nice player. I don't think he's an elite player. He's really good. Um, a lot of big plays last week against New Mexico. That's you know, New Mexico with, without their head coach, whatever. I, I, I think Georgia wins pretty big because I, I think they're, they're going to win games like Alabama used to. They're, they're just going to sit on people and, and suffocate yeah. the life out of you because they're a volcano on the offensive line. Like, they, they are – you have to be great in the trenches on defense to beat Georgia, and there's not a lot of teams in, in the country that can do that. Yeah, I like Georgia
2: by half a 100 against Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's very good. I didn't think that they are very good last year. I thought that their schedule yeah. was weak. Um, I was in South Bend last year when they played Vanderbilt and watched Vanderbilt almost upset them. So, I don't think that they're very yeah. good. I don't think that they're better than they were last year. So, I see them losing this game and – not knowing what the rest of their schedule looks like, and just throwing uh, spaghetti against the wall, um, I'm trying to buy myself time so I can pull up the schedule. And my computer's lying slow.
7: Um, they they got know, Michigan. They got Michigan late in yeah, the year. You know, Stanford. Stanford, Stanford then, doesn't look very good this year. USC doesn't look this. Good. I mean, they're going to get some wins because yeah. the, the teams they're playing aren't that good. But they got to play Virginia. Virginia's pretty good. You know, yeah, Virginia, I think they're Virginia is Virginia. no that's joke. The, so.
2: That's their next game. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, so you know, I see, I see Notre Dame losing a couple, uh, but I've never seen a, a a university that can lose a game or two and be completely forgiven by everybody in the national media, especially considering that they've not really been that great for the last twenty years. Now they've had some good good teams, and I know that they made the national championship that one year, uh, but you know, as a as a program, they historically very similar to Tennessee seem to be resting a lot more on their past laurels and the fact that they have a contract with NBC than they do on their, their previous or in their, their more recent, uh, more recent history that I think is uh, is certainly give them a lot more credit than they probably deserve.
7: I mean, they're a fascinating case study in like priorities, frankly, um, from a fan base standpoint, because they've been far more successful than Tennessee lately. They've played in the playoffs. They were, they were basically a, a Stanford fourth down conversion away from making the playoffs a couple of years ago with Deshaun Kaiser and then they played in the national title game. Well, they they were in the building for the national title game against Alabama right. in 2012 of course. Um uh, so they've had far more success in Tennessee and Brian Kelly's a pretty good coach. I mean, you have to hire good coaches, but uh, again, if you talk it took me a long time to learn this because You know, I I don't think Notre Dame gets, I know you're going to disagree with me guys on this, but I don't think Notre Dame gets the benefit of the doubt from people anymore. I think that used to happen when they were the only thing on television in the eighties and nineties, maybe, but now everybody's on television and there aren't a lot of players within a six hour radius of South Bend anymore. There's just not. And so I I don't think now they recruit nationally. I get that. I I don't, I don't think they're really overrated or underrated. I think they're kind of just what they are um last year the 12 and 0 record it's hard to keep them out with that record i've told you i would not have voted him in if i was on that committee i would have i would have stood on the table and said georgia belongs in the playoff what are we doing they they just almost beat bama how does that not prove that they're better than almost everybody else um just by itself that being said like they they when you talk to notre dame fans i've talked to so many notre dame fans and they will tell you like we're fine with with stricter rules for players like you know, kid gets busted for smoking a joint. We're going to kick him off campus, which is stupid in my opinion. It makes no sense. The SEC has all different types of rules for this stuff. But if that's what you want to be, and oh, oh, by the way, we're not going to join a conference, you know, the money, we might make more money if we join the ACC, but we're going to stick it out here by ourselves. Like they don't care. Like that's what's weird about Notre Dame. They're, they're cool being not as good if it means well, we get to hold our, you know, we get to have this high moral ground about, you know, our rules and our academics and, you know, how much money we're going to make in our TV contract. Like they're cool with that and they understand it, which is weird because us in SEC country, we don't get that. It's like win at all costs, period, end of sentence. Like that's all we care about down here. And so that's a weird thing to to sort of get your head around when you talk to Notre Dame fans.
0: Uh, Pay for play has been in um, the media the last couple of weeks. What's your opinion on that? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
7: Um, with, uh, and I'm going to say with all due respect, so that means I can say whatever I want right after that. Um, yeah, yeah. with all due Absolutely. respect to the great and wonderful Tim Tebow, um, wonderful man, uh, <laughs> phenomenal college football player with all due um, respect, it, it's, it's a little tone deaf to me again. I'm not going to attack the guy. I don't really care all that much. Frankly, I, I, you know, the, the whole ranting seemed almost more like a publicity stunt than anything else. Um, here's the, here's the good thing about this. Nobody has to worry Whether, whether you're on one side of the argument or the other, the NCAA is going to change the rule before that law in California takes effect. Um, that's the one thing that you have to keep in mind. The NCAA is already investigating this issue. They're going to come out with some findings probably in October in the next, you know, weeks potentially. And they're going to allow athletes access to the free market. It's the only thing they can do that makes any sense to save their amateur model, to save college football and oh, by the way, to do the right thing let a college kid who's worth something at that time that that that's his peak earnings potential as a, as a football player, let him make a couple thousand bucks supporting the local car dealership or the local taco place or whatever. Like there's just, there's just no, it's not going to change how much you love or, you know, your program. Like Alabama fans are not going to root less for Alabama. If the the left guard is making money from dreamland barbecue, like it's just not, it's not going to change anything. And that kid is, you know he's probably worth whatever the free market's going to give him, right? So w- what athletes get on top of all the other great stuff, which is great, and and we can't ad- just ignore it. It's important that all this stuff is you get as a free education. All this stuff is is a thing. It's just not an argument anymore. Like you just can't make that that case. And and Tim, the one point I take exception with with Tim the most is when he said, "Hey, this is going to turn to the NFL. You're just going to go wherever the most money is." And I want to say, uh, what do you think college football is right now? Like what what What's happening in college football for the last 30 years? It's it's he who has the yeah. money and the gold wins the championships, and that's it. Like, whose waterfall is the tallest? How many barbershops you sharp barbershops you got? How many putt putt courses you got? Do uh, you have a slide? Mm, Clemson's got a slide. Like it's it's like it, whoever has the most money wins all the games already, and so it's not it's not going to change anything. These student athletes are working their butts off. They're they're going through physical you know they're enduring stuff that's not being covered from a healthcare standpoint later on after life after when they don't go pro and don't make any money because most of them aren't going to go to the NFL they're going go to go into the regular workforce and have a life to live with maybe some head injuries who knows like we haven't okay. done enough studying on this and and so we we've got to take care of the student athletes way more than we do now um, and allowing them access to the free market is is seems like a no-brainer um, And I think people are going to be surprised how small the numbers are. People like to get all up in arms like, oh, someone is going to make $600,000. Like, are you insane? Like, uh, there's maybe two athletes that are worth that kind of money in college football. College basketball, different story. Those guys are worth a lot more money right instantaneously Mm -hmm. out of the gate. The football players, like you guys know, like it it takes 85 dudes to win a championship. It, It takes a lot of guys pulling in the same direction. Tebow's ironically one of the ones that would have made the most money, of course. Um, never met a guy who's like, no, I'm cool. That's enough money. So that was a little <laughs> ironic as well. But, you, but, see, just, you, you know. Right. Yeah, like, like uh, 99% of these guys are not going to play in the NFL and make any money playing football. So their peak football earnings potential is right now while they're in college. Why are you going to deny them access to a capitalistic system like unless you're unless you're going to call out yourself as a socialist or a communist, which I don't think anybody's going to about to do, unless you're unless you're that, this is capitalism, man. You you got to let them. You got to let some kids make some money. Which uh, I'm
0: on the same page as you, man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of the other things beyond just pay for play, it's the you know the the long term health insurance and disability insurance and everything else. Uh, you know, that, that irks me that, that, that isn't provided, you know, you, you have these kids and yeah, you know, for a lot of them, they, they do get a free education, not as many graduate as we think and not as many of them utilize that theory. And certainly I think that schools could do more of, you know, helping these kids realize not only how to use their degree, but be a little bit more acceptable to alternative degree paths and everything else. You know, I know a lot of schools, uh, you know, Florida included, have really discouraged kids from majoring in certain degree programs because it would be too rigorous. And I mean, we've got to figure out a way that if we're going to say, hey, you know, we're we're offering that free college and free university, it's like, all right, we'll let them get the degree and what they want to get in, and you figure it out with them after the fact. Uh, you know, after they get their, their uh, case load or their, um, uh, their, their school load uh, rather than uh, just saying, nope, sorry, you have to be these seven majors and, you know, that's it, right?
7: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, hell, I'd add football as a major or if you're a basketball player. Why can't basketball be a major? Like, I don't – you know, like there's l- – let's just broaden that whole idea out even further. Um, and, and I'm not a huge pay-for-play guy just because I think it would – college football may not be a thing after that. And I I will say selfishly, I'd like college football to stay like a thing in this country. Um, But if you start talking about workman's comp and tax exempt status, universities are not going to, you know, these universities have billions of dollars in endowments from the academic side that they'll punt on a, on a football program if they have to close their university and become a tax exempt, you know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's a line where the schools have some power here, which again is part of the issue, but Um, this isn't pay for play. Like the name image and likeness thing is not, that's the beauty of it. It's not pay for play. It's, and I'm not saying you guys are saying that I'm just like, people need to understand it's all you're doing is just saying, Hey, y'all have access to the free market. We're going to let the free market decide how much you're worth. And that, that to me is a pretty capitalistic fair way to do it. Um, you know, that means there's going to be winners and losers. That means there needs to be people in locker rooms that have that that understand how to handle money better. Right. Like we need to, there's all kinds of things like (laughs) there is some corruption there potentially in recruiting, but I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm pretty sure recruiting's fairly corrupt already. Um, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but um, I don't think that's uh-huh. really going to change. And um, you've got to show ROI. If I'm a, if I'm a business owner and I'm going to, if I'm going to spend $10,000 on a, on a running back for Vanderbilt and Nashville to promote my business, I better get my 10 grand back. You know what I mean? Otherwise I'm not going to do it again. So y- y- the market will just, dis- will dictate all of this and, if some kids get some extra money out of the deal, great. I'm with you on the healthcare. I think that's a, a much bigger issue than just giving every kid a hundred dollars. Like I like, okay, pay for play. Everyone gets a thousand bucks. Cool. All right. Well, does that help that young person become a, you know, grow up and, and know what to do with themselves better and in, in a smarter way to me, the healthcare's is a much bigger issue. We, we've got D two kids and D three kids leaving football practice after four years. With all kinds of problems, and and they're not getting a scholarship from Alabama. You know what I mean? Like th- these are Norfolk State and Northwestern State, and all these programs. Like these these kids put their bodies through hell too, and they're not getting anything out of the deal. So, um, yeah. taking care of them from a health standpoint seems like a just a it's it's like so obvious. It makes no sense that we're not that the colleges aren't on the hook for more health care for for kids post graduation that they incur while playing football. It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Braden, we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap this up, man. We had a, a pleasure chatting with you today. Uh, I know when I introduce you, I am supposed to introduce all the, uh, the the stuff that you do <laughs> that I don't know how you have time in the day to get done. So tell everybody where they can find you uh, on the radio, where they can find you on Twitter and, and all that stuff.
7: Yeah. At, at Braden Gall is on Twitter is probably the simplest, most straightforward way to do it. We do a national college football podcast. We've been doing it for about five years now myself and, and, um, a good buddy of mine at on sports to cover two podcasts on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. And then, uh, ESPN radio locally and national y'all probably don't care about the pred. So I'm not going to mention that, but ESPN radio nationally like on me. Saturday nights. We, we, <laughs> there you go. Um, Saturday nights we do the scoreboard show and, and we have a lot of fun. We talk about all the games around the country. So yeah, Twitter is probably the best way. So I'll just say App rate and go on Twitter. You can get to me there. Awesome. Man. It was a pleasure
2: getting to, uh, to talk with you today. Uh, best of luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon.
7: Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, bro. All right, you, you guys cool?
2: Yeah, we're well done, man. Hey, we appreciate that. That was a great segment, man.
7: Yeah, thank you, guys, man. Anytime. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> draw guys a ring we'll talk we, to you soon. I told Chris, I told Chris Doring that that you know Big Orange is coming to town. He didn't. He just laughed at me. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> we had him on the show he, what probably three four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris is a good dude, dude, man. Chris is a good dude. That dude is
7: fun to go have a beer with. I'll tell you what.
2: Oh, oh absolutely. If you need to you, uh, you ever come to town, you need to get him to uh take you out with James Bates too, man. The the two of them chop okay. it up like the two guys <laughs> that I've never met in my life. They have a blast together.
1: Plenty of stories. Are are y'all in uh, are y'all yeah. based in Gainesville? I live in Gainesville.
7: Okay. Cause I know he's yeah, so, there and he, he, he does yeah. that highlight thing, man, where he plays like highlight and makes like a, he makes like a shit ton of money playing high like I got, I was like, what? Was like, like gambling on
2: highlight or actually playing? High
7: yeah. Lie. So like, I guess and y'all can tell me the, the, the gist yeah. of the rules, but I guess like to be a casino in Florida or something along those lines, you have to have like a legal, like a sport that's being played or something. I can't remember what the rule yeah. is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They, they have that in, in Florida. It's, Unless you're on like Indian territory, like Seminole Indians have casinos here um, and they have sovereign right. land. But outside of that, uh, you either have to do uh, greyhound racing, which they actually just outlawed. So I guess you can't do that anymore. Horse right. racing or um, or highlight. And so that's the rule for them to get around uh, allowing right. um, gambling. They, they aren't allowed to do like betting tables or anything like that. Uh, but they're allowed to right. do like uh, video poker and things of that nature. so.
7: He he says he plays highlight with against one other dude. It's just him versus one dude. That's the only two guys that play. They just they just play and they pay him because that that allows them to keep their license or whatever. So these no two shit. guys just go play highlight against each other in front of <laughs> nobody and like make a fortune because they have to keep their license alive. It's, it's it's quite a racket, man. It's awesome.
2: Hey, Ahmad, you need to get out there and say, hey, I want to start playing. Get some I'm
1: serious. I'm about to go take for <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever watched High uh, Lie. Braden, it sounds like you may it's have. It's dangerous, That's man. Just wild. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's like racquetball on steroids.
7: Yeah, people like, I've heard people in South America have died playing
1: Highlight.
2: Oh, Which absolutely. because I mean, so it. So maybe, maybe like, you don't like, want to like do it. Lacrosse. I don't know.
3: I don't know. Yeah, I'll
1: uh, sit, sit that one out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like you have to be very good to play, though. Oh.
1: Huh?
7: But, uh, <laughs> no anyway. i don't think i don't all think right. chris is a great highlight player
2: so yeah great athlete all right bro we got to uh we got to keep it moving but uh man we really appreciate yeah, you coming on tonight we'll, we'll have you on in the future my friend
7: all right guys have a
2: good one all right thanks broden yeah, Gall. good can... guest radio guy likes to talk but good guest
1: uh, yeah you know all you know all those guys got motor mouse there hey but great g- content we're glad he came on the show uh, we love all our, our guests and listeners, of course. Um, so Dan, listen, we got this long show, and you know, I I'm just getting home from work, and Dan, I need the base. I was trying to tell Dan what base was, and uh, we kind of got cut off. But let me tell you what what base means. Dan, you don't know what base is, like if a person got I don't, said they I don't go even
2: beige. know what the letters that are in there, except for maybe a B and A, maybe a Z or an E
0: or a Y or an that's a. all. Is.
1: Is. Got to go base. So you know what bays mean? Yeah, rinse
0: around and rinse it off.
1: Yeah, you gotta go go take a bath. You gotta go. You know, black, black people say bays like you gotta go bays, Dan. Like bays. You gotta go shower.
2: I feel like there's other like simpler ways to say that.
1: Uh, but when you but go ma- bays is black.
2: a lot a lot fewer letters, so maybe I just go say look, that.
1: Man, growing up in a black household, Dan, we say bays. That's what. Okay. Going there, and bays. I need to go bays, Dan. You know what I'm saying? Word of the week.
2: Word of, word of the week, week
1: bays. I, I feel like this needs to be a recurring segment for a couple, probably a couple years. Yeah, we, we, so we're <laughs> going we, to start getting y'all a word of the week. How about that? We're going gonna to teach Dan a word, and Dan, got you got to teach us something too, Dan, because I know I'll some shit that we, that we can be confused about.
2: Already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're out <of> <laughs> I mean Tailgate, we got another tailgate that's popping up real real soon here. We got the homecoming tailgate August. I'm sorry, I keep saying August, October 5th for Auburn. Uh go to eventbright.com, search Big Free Roll Up and you'll find the tickets there. Uh we also got the one for the cocktail party, but right now we focus on the homecoming. Uh sponsored by Larry Subs. We're we'll gonna be hanging out. Ooh. We're wrapped up right behind Midtown, like right, right behind all the action by social. All the shenanigans, man. So, we're going to be hanging out. Y'all pull up. We got some other stuff going on. Dan, what's up with the, um, we're going to tell them now? Yeah, we got, we, had, we got a big announcement. Uh, this is
2: something that we've been working on for the past couple months and it finally came to fruition. So, on December the 5th, this podcast, your friends at Stadium and Gale, partnering with the Tampa Gator Club and the Tampa Bay Lightning of the National Hockey League uh, for Gator Night, uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning versus Minnesota Wild Hockey Game. The boys are gonna be doing a meet and greet. We're gonna be doing a question and answer session uh, between the first and second intermission. And then the three of us or four of us get to ride around on a Zamboni between the second and third period. But pull up, get What's yourself a Zamboni? lightning sweater on, get yourself a gator scarf that they're gonna give out uh, for those that get tickets and uh and pull up and enjoy. We're uh we're thrilled to be out there on uh, on December 5th. We'll we'll tweet a link out for uh for tickets. Those are coming out soon, so we'll tweet that out. Tickets are going to be $42. Uh you get a ticket into the game, you get obviously access to everything in the stadium that we're going to be at and then more importantly than that you also get a uh, a scarf to wear which is uh which is themed for both the Lightning and the Gator. So we're thrilled to announce that partnership with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Tampa Bay Gator Club. What are we riding on again? The Zamboni.
0: What is that? Cleans the
2: ice after every intermission. Oh, so, have you ever bro, been to a hockey like,
0: game? Yeah, I went to a hockey game uh, when the Panthers first opened when I was a kid, man. Like, okay. like I didn't know what was going on, but yeah, I've been. I remember like five years
2: ago, you uh, you got into the uh, to the NHL playoffs. Yeah, it was bit, the playoffs, bro. With the yeah. yeah, it's we all coming full circle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I'm doing the commercials and stuff, man. It's crazy. That's right. Hey, I <laughs> uh, should. <sure. laughs>
2: That's gonna be fun. So yeah, so so reach out to us if you have any questions. We'll tweet that link out as soon as we get it. So yeah, so eventbrite.com search Big Three Roll Up for the Florida Auburn tailgate uh, right behind Midtown, and then uh, take a look also for the stadium and Gale uh, tailgate. That's going to be at uh, the Florida Georgia World's largest cocktail party. Uh, we'll call it that. And then obviously see us in December on December fifth for the Tampa Bay Lightning versus Minnesota Wild up here in Tampa Bay at Amelie Arena.
0: Also. Uh, If you're in the Orlando area next week, or if you live in the Orlando area, Big Three Roll Up will be at SeaWorld, hanging out, doing some stuff. I think Ahmad's pulling up to hang out with us as well. We're just hanging out, watching the game. Uh, They got us doing some question and answers with fans, and they're doing their college game uh, weekend. There's also a craft beer festival going on as well. So I'm going to be out there with my family. Everybody else is going to be out there with their families. We're going to be hanging out. So if you're in the area, pull up. Absolutely. Thriving. Gotta keep this thing going, Dan.
1: Already.
2: (laughs) Uh, What do you guys think we get some callers on?
1: I got.
3: You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Yo. Yeah.
0: Stay to get. Well, one one. In. You're hanging out. It's y'all two fellas. We just vibe. What you got on your mind? A little Tennessee question? Kentucky question? What you got?
6: Hey, um, man.
0: Hey, man. No questions, man. It don't matter
6: who we're facing, because we about to blow that shit out.
0: So how you think we're going to break it down?
6: All right. So what? Tennessee starting two freshmen at tackles. That's what I hear.
0: The right side, I believe, a freshman, the, the guard, the guard, oh, okay. red shirt freshman, and the tackles, a true freshman.
6: But they lost like, what, five, four, five linemen these last two years?
4: That's, uh, bro, our,
6: our defense line's going to do exactly what we did to Miami, bro. Oh, uh, is CJ coming back?
1: Or do you have anything on him? Y'all sure, man.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Black. I'm, I'm saying we're not sure. What you, what you think? So, what are they gonna do? I think it's a game time decision. Um, I think he'll play. Personally, uh, he was ready to play last week. I think he ends up playing. He didn't practice all week. I think he'd be fresh and play. But I, I don't think it's gonna be a determining factor. Like it, like it could have been last week.
6: Right. Yeah. No. But real talk. I, I think that if we, you know if we get our, our rotations right on defense. And uh, and you know tweak the play con a little bit. I don't, I don't think we're going to and have many problems. You know, we should be able to push them around. For sure, let me get the defensive line, man.
0: Uh, I'll probably go what 28-10. I like that. I like that score.
1: I like not that. Not too bad. I can go with not,
0: that. Not, not with a uh, first time starter with Trask, Emery. You see what the offense could do with a new guy to him, right? We'll see what's up. 2018, definitely can't complain about it. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Appreciate yeah,
1: it, y'all. Man, yo, Yeah, man. Yep.
0: Y'all have a good one. All right, man. Thanks. Yo, appreciate it. Hanging out. Dog ain't had no
1: questions. You just want to talk a little gated football. Uh, that's all. That's all. You know, sometimes that, that'll bite your whole day up. Just yeah. Uh, now
2: we now can go bays and go right to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, dad Great content, you put it in a perfect place.
0: Hey, dude.
1: I'm you're, you're
0: learning.
1: Fast. I'm learning. Yeah, there you go. I damn need the bass. Yo, Yo. boy, you from Polk County? Yeah, boy, Lakeland, baby. <laughs> All right, already. All right. Yeah, finally, dude. I've been waiting for y'all to call. What's, What's going there? on, dog? It's been damn What's far. Up? Damn. You know, you know, Dan, and a player hater, man. He, you, know, you oh, know, it's all damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I've been blocking your call this whole time.
1: For it's all moment. good, bro.
6: Finally, 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 I got to speak my mind.
2: That's right. So, speak it. Oh,
6: we listen. So, 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 what's the, what's the topic tonight? Anything uh, you want to be.
2: How long all of the guests that I brought on have been talking?
6: Pretty good. <laughs> I like all the guests so far. Nah, but anyways,
0: no, but anyway, let you are from Polk County. You might know a little bit more to Dan about the coaches. You know what Bayes is?
1: What? Say that again. Baze. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. No. <laughs> like, oh, if you be like, man, yeah, man, you, you gonna pull up and hang out, yeah, man. I gotta go Bayes first, though. You know, Bays? No, What's that? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Thanks, so, that's uh, new to me. What it
2: means to bro. take a bath.
1: Yeah, so you got. No, I, I, I gotta go base right quick. I gotta, I gotta take a break. I'm
6: letting Polk County down.
1: My bad. Oh man. Letting them down. <laughs> I'm
0: letting them down, bro. It's all good, dog. Yeah. What, what, what football question? you, you want to talk about,
6: bro. Man, you know, I mean, everybody knows, bro. We gotta get this run game going,
7: man. It's
6: bad. All it's right. not. It's it's horrible, bro. Like, just for instance, like last game, that little screen out to Michael Pirine, right? What was that stone foresight in front of him?
3: Mm-hmm. He should have
6: pancaked that dude. He should have yeah. threw that little DB in the ground. That was,
0: that was bad. That was bad.
6: That was bad, bro. I was like, oh was my bad. god, we can't do nothing.
0: And then yeah, an off right, line got to tighten up in the run game, man. Like like Ahmad said it earlier in the show. Uh, they got to fire the ball and get some push and just go hat for hat and just move guys. At this point, man, it's not a lot of room. Like guys are getting hit in the backfield. But also, I wanted to see uh, the mix the carries up a little bit, see what happened versus Tennessee. Go ahead. What you was about to say?
6: I was going to say uh, – exactly. And then I was listening to uh, – I listened to the big three roll-up, too. Like, uh, same energy Sunday. You said it. Like, uh, let Malik get in there, bro. Like, uh, different backs had different visions, you know what I'm saying? He can get up so quicker. Like, that boy's got the breakaway speed.
0: Yeah, some guys so, I run the ball different. And, like, some, some yeah, guys – like, not saying – in my opinion, I think, like, Barry Sanders uh, operated <laughs> and was so great behind Detroit's line. Like, Emmitt Smith couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're two different, total, like, backs. So, I just think I probably he could have a different eye and could pop something. Maybe catch a scene here or there. I'm not – I could absolutely be wrong. You know what I'm saying? It could just be all the offense a lot and none of P. Ryan. It's just opinion. That's all.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and I, and I think exactly. I think that the team played a lot better on the offensive line when you know Silk. You mentioned it. I know we definitely mentioned uh, it on the last episode. Was you know when they moved to hat on hat instead of you know that zone blocking scheme. And I don't know if it's just because they're they're newer and playing together, but something seems off with that zone uh, rush blocking or uh, run blocking. And and I don't know what. And I don't know if that switch to to hat on hat more towards the end of the game, you know, kind of change things up. But they got to do something because whatever they're doing right now isn't working.
6: Exactly. I mean, God, they're running the ball. It's just it's not working out. Like I was like, dude, I guess we got to go air raid. Like
0: it's not can't working,
6: bro. Definitely like, can't do that. Ball balance.
0: Yeah, I, kn- I know yeah, we can't blow. do that. But I'm just keep saying, looking like bro. Willie in the fourth quarter, bro. Yes.
6: But we're finding a way to win. That's all that matters. That's you know all that say. matters.
0: Every week, bro. Get Find a way dub. to win. Get better doing it. Do give me your score for Saturday, man. A
6: score for Saturday. Oh, man, I want. I hope they come out to play. I think we're going to start off slow. We're going to get some turnovers. I want it to be 31-10. Final. I'm going to the game. So, yeah, we, right. we're going to be out there. But uh, right. hold on. One more thing. That's I'm right. just – part dude seeing i want to see i'll get yeah, i got super excited when i seen practice highlights with the motioning uh copeland in the backfield tony was back there too like why haven't we seen that are we holding plays for All like bigger h- games like against georgia lsu like are we hiding some secret stuff not to show people or what like
1: don't
0: make sense. I, I don't think that. I mean, somewhat. I mean, you don't it's, go into. It's, it's, di-
1: yeah, it's, it's different. It's different plays with different situations. I mean, maybe that play was is for something that we yeah. haven't had had a yeah. situation of yet. So yeah, yeah I'm, and it's that, I'm, I'm excited to see that one, boy on I, the
0: film. That was also probably the one time in the highlight that the play worked in practice. So I think like some of the looks in practice may work. Like <laughs> one time out like twenty, and they're like, ah, oh, let's scrap that. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. It's a it's a lot going on, bro. But I don't think he's hiding anything in the playbook. I think we'll see a lot of tricks and and gadgets this week with Emery. I think he got yeah, some stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm excited to see too. I want to see him em- I mean, when
6: we get in the red zone and stuff, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Goal line work, get Emery in there. Yeah, for so. sure, dog. Appreciate
0: you for hanging out with us on State Miguel, dog. Hold it down.
6: Yes, sir. Be listening in the morning. Thank All you. Right.
2: Ahmad thought he had him one. Polk County boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he don't need all the base. He must be from Frostproof. Uh, <clears throat> he must be the
2: Kathleen guy. Yeah, yeah,
1: he, must be, he must be from Frostproof, man, from the, from the outskirts. <laughs> or something. Uh, yeah, I can
2: see. And man, they can't More be towards from like Har- Winter Haven, <laughs> Auburndale, he just says. Yeah,
1: he's he, yeah, he from yeah, Lake Wells or something, man. It's like,
2: I, it's like when I would tell people I was from Fort Lauderdale. In reality, I'm from like the Coral most springs. northern part of Coral Springs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, then. from Coconut Creek and shit. No, <laughs> no sir, no, no shit, absolutely not. Uh, Parkland, not you right from Parkland? I'm man from Parkland, man. <laughs> I will not
2: let you slander my family's name by telling me you're from Coconut Creek.
1: Hello. <laughs>
0: Creek. Yeah. Yo. Yo. Baby hey, hey, Miguel, baby, what's going on with
3: you? What's going on? You know, three and zero. Oh. Could be worse.
0: Hey. You can't complain about three and yeah. yo.
3: Nah, nah, nah. Feeling good
0: feeling good. How you guys doing tonight? Just
3: vibing. What you got on your mind, right. bro? No, no. Uh, well first off, uh <clears throat> I wanna shout out Ahmad, man. Uh big fan. Uh my right. sister Same. Yeah, my sister got into UF 04 <laughs> and she told me I had to be a fan and it was a good time to start. Um and um you guys made it really easy for me to like the Gators. Um but uh, first, all, I want to shout out Frank. Hopefully he gets better, man. It was, uh, it was hard to see him go down. Uh, I was really room for him, wanting, to, uh, wanting him to have a big year this year. But um, uh, Kyle Trask, man, what do you, uh, I'm feeling good about him. What do you guys think? What's, what's the deal with you guys with him so far? I'm optimistic yeah. as
0: hell, bro. Uh, I'm very optimistic. I'm going to feel good about any quarterback that Dan well is trouting out there on the field. He's going to coach him up. He's going to scheme him up, dog. So, I mean, he didn't give us anything to be afraid of last week. I mean, he gave us some – I mean, a couple things. He wasn't perfect, but none of the last week I saw that made me scared going into Tennessee. So, I'm optimistic what what the offense will look like.
3: You know I saw? Uh, I don't know if you guys watched it last night, but they uh, had the SEC inside on the uh, Kentucky-Florida game. And something that was really cool in there – it showed Dan Mullen working with the quarterbacks uh, going into the game that week. And it showed a clip of him talking to the quarterbacks about Chris Leak. And I think it was a game, uh, it was against FSU with two minutes uh, left. And he, he keeps telling the quarterback, Hey, you need to admire your throws. follow through and admire those throws every time. And he talked about it when they were playing FSU, two minutes left. And it was a game winning touchdown that Chris Leak threw. And if, if, when you see him, he, he throws the ball, and he follows through. So his, his, his shoulders are square, and he tells him, he keeps saying, admire the throw, admire the throw. And he said in that game, Chris Lee threw it, and at right when he threw it, a linebacker hit him right in the chest. Like the helmet was right in his chest. But there's a picture of it, and he was admiring it, and you could see his arm following through. Boom. And what was really interesting in that game against Kentucky Remember that, um, remember that, uh, the, that completion, uh, he threw to Kyle Pitts. he crossed it, right? Over, uh, Kyle Pitt hit that slant. He mm-hmm. was running
1: across yeah, the Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Man, mirror image, it was awesome. He got, you go to the field, Kyle Pitt ran, and, uh, uh, what's his name? Trap He had his, uh, his shoulder square and Myron throw Same thing. Uh, I don't know who it was that hit him, but that Kentucky defender had his, uh, his helmet right in his chest. But you could see him admiring the throw, boom, and he put that right on the money. And then it brings it bring me it brought me back to when he says, you know, uh we we uh we trained three starters. As far as I'm concerned, we have three starters. And um man, right on the money, admiring the throw. So one thing I like about Trash man, I feel like he gets that ball out a little bit faster, but he's very I, I mean I felt like he was very accurate in that game, man.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think that that's what you're going to see out of him. I, I don't think that you're going to see the long ball. I think he's a guy that's going to probably make quicker decisions than Franks did because he probably doesn't have the opportunity to, uh, to wait for that, that maybe that deep ball. And I'm, I'm not saying that he can't throw the ball, you know, 35, 45 yards, but I, I just don't think he has the cannon of an arm of Frank. So, you know, I think uh, no. with him, yeah. the defense or the, uh, the offense might move a little bit quicker and you might see the ball come out a little bit quicker. Um, than you did under Franks, but, you know, I, I think you also have to limit, you know, the fact that, you know, this is Trask's first full game, potentially, assuming that everything all goes well with him, you know, that he's played since he was a freshman in high school. So, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to put too much on their shoulders. I think if Florida, you know, needs him to win the, uh, the game that they're probably in a tough spot. I, you know, I think that you know Dan will probably call a pretty good offense, and, and hopefully that run game can uh, can get it together. But uh, all right, man, it's getting pretty late. We're gonna uh, we're gonna start to wrap up the show here pretty quick. But uh, we appreciate you coming on, and, and definitely we'll give you a call in the future.
3: Hey, that sounds good. Thanks for the call. Yeah, guys. Absolutely, bud. Nice.
1: thanks for pulling I'll up, you.
3: bro. All right, bro. Always peace. Cam, that it?
1: Sure.
2: Cam doesn't sound enthusiastic about that. All right, we got to get through this last segment. Uh, this last segment, as always, is brought to you by our friend Sean Gibson over at Gibson Dive and Detail. Uh, as always, Sean is down in that Broward, Miami Dade, Palm Beach County area. So if you like to say you're from Fort Lauderdale and you two live in Coral Springs, you can give Sean a call. Uh, give some dive in detail, does boat, dealing, uh, boat detailing, underwater hull cleaning, dive recovery, all that kind of fun stuff. He also has a huge network of folks. So if you don't live uh, in Coral Springs uh, or uh, Palm Beach Gardens or wherever. Uh, give Sean a call. Uh he'll help connect you to wherever your boat might be. So his phone number is three five two five one four one four eight six. Again, that's Sean Gibson. Gibson Dive and Detailing. So Ahmad,
0: question If you're in the Tri County area, please holler at my dog. Yeah. Anybody? Please. Yeah, please. Even, a good dude.
1: even the people from course uh, from uh Coconut Coconut Creek. That's what we Yeah, need. even Coconut people from Creek.
2: Coconut Creek. That's it.
1: Yeah. They're they, yeah, they they My people, but there's people in Coconut <laughs> Creek. I've seen some
2: boats driving through Coconut Creek that could definitely use Sophia. So they need to give Sean a call. No, Sean's a great dude. Sean's been a great, uh, great sponsor for us and all Big Three Roll Up stuff. So, uh, so it's to give Sean a call. All right, Ahmad, who was the best trash talker when you were there, and who was the worst trash
1: talker when you were there? Uh, probably the best trash talker was Body Spikes. I used to say some funny shit. Like, all right, all right. some of the stuff this man used to say, just like, in itself, just is, is hilarious. Like how he used to just talk to the offensive lineman, and, uh, you know, the, the funniest one was Blindside. You know, he, he kept calling him Jerome, because I think that's what dude's middle name was. So he kept calling him, every time he will make a play, he'd step up and say, Jerome in the house. Like, <laughs> uh, the whole game, uh, the whole game. So when they kick the game winner, right? <laughs> he walked up to Spikes and said I said Jerome in the house <laughs> <laughs> and look and that boy Spikes said man <laughs> like and it was so funny because like dude said it had a perfect timing dog but you know <laughs> definitely Spikes uh, worse trash talking I mean shoot we really really have no, worst, no bad trash talkers. Shit, we all give it in you know it's, it's just a swagger that all us had you know what I'm saying I don't think we had nobody that was clear cut like she like clear cut worse it's, I mean I don't know Tebow probably talked trash. He just he didn't curse, so I don't know how serious you could take it. Like,
0: I appreciate that Jerome story, brother. I
1: really, <laughs> dude, <laughs> bro, that was so funny, bro. I never forget that.
0: Who yeah, was uh, the best
2: in the defensive uh, backfield? And you can't say yourself because I know that you're average at best.
1: Man, I, <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember the first drive the Georgia game. The ref had to go up to Urban and tell him to make me stop talking all day. were gonna throw me out. I said, damn, that was the first drive. Like, what you mean? Like, we, we didn't even get popping. But, you know, uh, I think probably probably Mage. Because, like, Mage, Mage will tell him some shit and then do it. Like, Mage really going to say, like I'm, like, I'm really about to knock, come knock you out. And you really smash somebody and knock them out. So it was like, damn, like, he had truth behind his shit. Like, I'll probably be like, yeah, I'm going to come smash you. And then I'll probably, like, leg. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, i I form tackle you or some shit. You know, I ain't going to be no, like, you know, shit. You know, but Mays going to tell you some shit how he going to hit you, bro. Like, he really going to hit you, bro. Like, I I seen that the first game playing Hawaii. And I told you, the dude ran up the hole and, like, he got a couple yards and got up chirping and shit. And Mays was like, all right, all right, watch this. And, bro, like, two plays later, bro, Mays hit dude so hard, bro. And dude was just, like, on the ground, like, ah. And May's got up and went over to Hawaii coaching and was like, y'all better come get him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what if I get myself, bro? It's the first game, bro. It's my, it's my first game out here. And dudes in like that. I'm like, man, shoot. Well, it's gonna be a long season.
0: So hilarious, man. That was a good show, boys. Who got the song this week?
1: Who had it on the
2: other day, Cam?
0: Yeah, yeah. us. Uh, <laughs> Reset or-
2: I feel like that means I'm coming out pretty soon. I'm not sure if it's this week or next week, but.
0: Is it me? Yeah, you know it, what I it think might it, might it, is. it might be on Black. I think it's Black.
2: No, no, it's definitely not on Black.
0: Yeah, Black well, yeah, I have never yeah.
2: scared for Miami. Well, yeah. I think it might be my turn, boys. Shit. Wasn't it, didn't Didn't Black want to play? The song through
0: his phone again. Yeah, yeah, that was like two weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we, yeah. I don't want me to meet you two, two weeks ago. I didn't pick the song two weeks ago. Yeah, no, but we talked about it. It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah we
1: talked to it.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you definitely did. Yeah. So it's gotta be on Dan.
0: Unfortunately. All
1: right, Dan. I'm I'm gonna give you some hope, Dan. Let's go. Let's rock out, Dan. Rock out, Dan. Show us something. I'm I'm, I'm about to I'm about to roll my dice, Dan. What you got? All right. So <laughs> we're playing Tennessee. So we're playing I'll just Tennessee go to bed now,
5: bro.
2: Yeah, we're playing Tennessee, which means you know I have to go uh, country music. Uh, normally people would say then you should go Nashville country music, but I'm not. I'm gonna go to Kentucky. I'm gonna go back to my boy Tyler Childers because since the last time I played him, and now he had a new album release, every single song is outstanding. And I know people have been asking me, sliding into my DMs, and say Dan, where are you gonna bring country music back? So I'm gonna do that today, uh, you and I'm gonna play. You got
0: it since we were going to Tennessee. Yeah.
2: That's right, you have to. So I'm going to go with, with my boy Tyler Childers and his new song, Country Squire. Uh, and uh, if you like that, you'll listen to the whole album. And if you don't like that, uh, I encourage you to listen to better music and uh, and do like it. So that's what I got for you guys.
0: Country Squire. Thanks, Dan. I thought you were going to get some Yogati or something, bro. Yeah, all right, Dan. All right, thanks. Some gonna?
1: You said you were going to be in Tennessee, Dan. I'm thinking you're going to money bag or something. Money. You, you know? You know? Juicy uh, J, no Juicy J, something. At least, at the least, three six mafia, Dan. You- <laughs> at, <laughs> at least three six Academy Award
2: winners, three six mafia. Absolutely, throw some respect on their that. name. Yeah,
1: well, I'm saying, why you ain't respecting people and you pick? I- All right, Dan, it's your week.
0: Let's I gotta go. go Baze, fellas. Look at I got some bays, it. I got to go
2: Baze, <laughs> God, I gotta go Baze, guys. I'm
0: out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all, for pulling up Stadium Miguel, man. See y'all yeah. next week.
5: Well tonight I'm up until coffee. Downwind from the paper mill, I'm out here spitting on the sidewalk, taking in the factory smells. Hitting tends to smoking out the window, in the air that gas pipe leak. I wonder if she's cringing at the same time, thinking pretty thoughts of me morning, pulling traps for a sad goodbye, I plan to tan myself a fox high.